That's right. That's what's up, everybody. Welcome into another live edition the Power 32 podcast in the house, baby. Ooh, we got a lot to talk about. Glad you're here as we blast through the NFL universe with the curse of loving football, whether our teams rise or they fall. When kickoff comes, we're on the call, baby. Welcome back to another episode of the Power 32 podcast. My guest today, a featured columnist for PatsFans.com covering the New England Patriots and is the co-host of the 4th and 2 podcast, what a coincidence right there. I'll get to that in a minute. But I do give you right now, Mr. Derek Havens. How are we doing today, my friend? I'm great, Jason, and thank you for having me. I'm excited that football's back. You know, with the Patriots having their preseason game last Thursday, I was just like, man, we've kind of made it now with, you know, training camp and preseason. I know it's a, it's a rolling start, but I'm still excited. Yeah, I know. As much as we hate preseason, we love it at the same time because you know, we're just inching closer. We're getting there. We're getting there. So it's happening. Yep, we've both got a game under our belt and everything. So we are ready to go. We are ready to make it happen. So I really appreciate you joining me this evening so we can talk about Patriots, AFC East in general, maybe a little bit of other NFL action. We'll see what we can get to. But um, again, welcome in, everybody. My name is Jason Fearman, a.k.a. The Sports Prophet, at times when I feel like it. And today's show is brought to you by Beer Drop. So discover new beers you will love and get a box of your own favorite styles of craft beers delivered to you each month at discounted prices by going to 33podcast.com using our promo to get those great deals on some great beer. So head over to 33 Podcast, hit up that promo action, get some discounts on some great beer, stuff you probably never even heard of before. I want to give a big shout out real quick before we get going to William Phillips, who did that intro for me right there for the um, for the Power 32 Podcast and for 33 Podcast. William Phillips, man, big ups to you, bro. Doing a great job. Absolutely love it. Love it. So Alluding to fourth and two, bro, real quick, as you know, Nikki, Damien, and I, we have the third and three podcast, and we have that basically because there's three of us, we love football, we're thinking like third and three, you know, downs and whatnot, so that's how we came up with it, but fourth and two, how long has that been going on for, and uh, and where'd that come up with? Where'd you come so, up with that? So, Russ Goldman, Steve Balsheri, and I have been doing the Patriots fourth and two podcast for a little over 10 years now, yeah. and that actually came from, and I, I don't know. I know that you're not a, a Patriots fan, but uh, from the Colts-Patriots game in 2009, there was the infamous decision for Bill to go for it on fourth and two okay. uh, instead of giving the ball back to Peyton Manning. Uh, right. So it was a little kind of, I guess, running like the running back kind of did like a little like right, right out to the flat, came up just right hit at the sticks. It was a nice play by the defender. And, right. you know, Peyton took the ball over at his own 29 and scored. And so that was kind of the origin of it is just breaking down the decisions by the team and kind of going through it from there. That's funny because I was thinking, I remember fourth and two is very infamous, uh, infamous, as you say, with the Patriots against those Colts going back to what was it, 2009, I think, or maybe something like that, somewhere around that area. But, um, yeah, so that would be like a good 13 years ago, you know, for that show. So you guys have been doing that a long time. That's amazing. But, yeah, that fourth and two call, a lot of people always scratching their heads, and I'm still scratching my head about that one. But I understand Peyton Manning and the Colts were on fire in that second half, so I do get it's it. Hard, but. They're hard to stop. They were hard to stop, especially in you know in Indy. And uh, you know by that point, they had already the Patriots Colts have already had battles for like eight years at that point. And I think True. Bill was like, you know what, it'd be easier to give two yards than to have our defense on the field. And and uh, <laughs> it was just it was a tough decision. I mean, it was close, but it's one that we look back on from time to time. And like I said, it was kind of the origin of. Of, of just discussing, you know, the team. And uh, I joined PatsFans.com in 2011, and we 
Uh, we started um, the podcast shortly thereafter. So we've been doing it for a long time, but the three of us have a great time doing it uh, all the way through, you know, like I said, for, for over a decade now. No doubt. I remember, listen, like probably about eight years ago, I was on Steve's show with uh, Fourth and Two. So I, I remember that from a long time. I haven't spoken to Steve in a long time, but please tell him I said hello when you do see him. Yeah. Great guy. Great guy. He was on my show. We It, it was awesome back in the day. Wow. God, I'm really dating myself here. It's about eight years ago. <laughs> All right, you alluded to Bill Belichick, and that's exactly where I want to start with you. And you would know better than I do. You're all the way in knee-deep with the Patriots over there, and I am, from the most part, an outsider's point of view. So let me give you a little background to what I was thinking, and then you let me know what really you think and what really is going on. So I feel like Bill Belichick got deemed the best coach in the NFL really after that third Super Bowl in 2004. Everybody's like, oh, my God, look, you know, his defense, yada, yada, with Tom Brady, who wasn't Tom Brady at that point. And, yeah, it took them another 10 years to win a Super Bowl again, but they were always relevant. Mm -hmm. So here's what I'm getting at, Derek. Um, His ways had worked for a very, very long time, obviously, and they continued to work even up until maybe just a couple of years ago. I mean, look, they didn't make the playoffs last year, so I don't want to beat it up too much because I do bow down to Bill Belichick as one of the greatest head coaches of all time. But I wonder if he gets stuck in his old school ways a little bit because if you think about it, They haven't progressed really that much, especially on offense where it's become an offensive league. And I know he's a defensive guy and you win with defense and you win on the line of scrimmage. And I get that 1 billion percent. But the lack of offensive weapons that they have, and I know they tried to make signings like Devontae Parker this year or whether it was Kendrick Bourne or Nelson Aguilar, John Smith coming in, Hunter Henry. It hadn't worked out so great. Maybe that's because of the rookie quarterback. But again, I keep going back to thinking maybe is Bill too stubborn to transform or evolve, you know, so to speak. So that's what I'm seeing from an outsider's point of view. You tell me what you're seeing from a Patriots point of view and being there in the action. I think there definitely is some stubborn, some arrogance to, to Bill. And I, he is, a, he is, you know, a, an incredible head coach, absolutely a genius. But I think when you have something working so well for so long, uh, I just think it's tough to kind of remove yourself or change and adapt. And I'll give you a couple of different examples if you'd like. So, for one, I think ever since Tom Brady left, I thought that they should have kind of blown up the entire or you know operation offensively. For a long time, it was really hard for new receivers to come to the Patriots and run the system that they were running because I always thought it was like, you know, Tom Brady, you know, after 10 years or so, he's speaking, you know, deep level into Mandarin and everyone else is just starting on <laughs> Rosetta Stone. You know what I mean? That's, that's so, good. <laughs> and I just felt like with Josh McDaniels uh, leaving this year, it makes sense to do some of the changes that they're they're making, but it's taken a long time to get there. And I think you can look at his linebackers, for example, like specifically outside linebackers. Uh, he really going back to Willie McGinnis in the early 2000s, like that mm. elephant role linebacker. You're six four guys on the edge, two sixty. Okay, you're kind of big bruising. You know, middle linebackers going from Teddy Bruschi and then Gerard Mayo and uh, right. going to Donta Hightower. And I, I think that you should you've seen over the last couple of years, defenses getting smaller and faster and more athletic. And this year, I think we're finally going to see some of that. Uh, and it, if if my you know educated guess will come true, we'll find out in a month or so. But I, I just think that there's just too much speed on the field these days. You hear about basketball on grass offensively. Well, it's hard to play defense because you're reacting. Okay. And 
I think when you you saw in that Patriots Bills game, uh, the playoff game that ended the Patriots season last year. I mean, those teams weren't even in the same league. I mean, it was just a, it was a really eye opening, like wow, this is a this is the new class of the NFL. And the Bills have done a great job. Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean, they've drafted well, developed. Josh Allen has elevated. And I think the Patriots have been too slow to make some of those changes and progress and evolve. Um, And that starts with Bill. I mean, he's the one who takes the credit. He's the one who deserves the blame. But there are a lot of his core philosophies that go back to when he was with the Cleveland Browns. Um, And I don't want to be too long-winded here for you, but... That's okay. uh, But for, you know, if you go back to... Um, you know, like Daniel Jeremiah, uh, if you go through his tweets, you have to go through like the media section of his tweets and you scroll back to probably like a year or so ago, he took a picture of Bill Belichick's scouting uh, basically for quarterbacks. And if you read that, and I'll try to I'll try to send it to you sometime if I can find it after this. If you read that, you'd be like, OK, this is Mac Jones. Like this is what Bill looks for in a quarterback. Like it's, 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 you know, it's, you know, mind over arm talent and it's decision-making and things like that. I don't know. I mean, the NFL is really, really different now. We've never seen offenses like this. We've never seen the, uh, the amount of high level quarterbacks, really the receivers, I would say, especially, I mean, this is the most talented group of receivers league wide that this the NFL has ever seen. And oh. I don't think, it's gonna, I don't think it's going backwards. I only think it's going to get more athletic and more skilled. And uh, so when you're talking about defense, it's extremely hard to play defense. And there's a lot of changes that need to happen. Uh, And I think that they're starting to make some of those changes, but I'm not sure if it will really happen enough until he decides to hang up the old whistle in a couple of years. You're making a lot of, there are a lot of people actually, um, maybe not so much in the Boston area, but um, I'm being radio down here. No joke. I'm in Miami Dolphin land, of course, but the same that maybe it's time for a bill to hang it up and maybe it's the best thing even for his reputation or legacy if they're not going to progress. And I wonder if he did see a little uh, Tom Brady and Mac Jones. Again, he didn't expect Tom Brady. Nobody did expect Tom Brady to turn out what he was going to be, but he was an intellectual kid and he's like, oh, you know, Bill's like, I can use that. Maybe thinking the same thing, Mac Jones, they did go to the playoffs last year. Maybe a little bit tougher road ahead this year. We'll get into it. But, yeah, I mean, those names that you mentioned before, they're gone now. I mean, your best defensive player likely is Matthew Judon. You gave away your best cornerback in J.C. Jackson. Mm-hmm. You know, McCordy is still there. Um, other, You know, Christian Barmore, I think that he can do well. So, you know, even just looking at the defense, I'm like, where are the big guys? Is it Adrian Phillips? Is he going to step up this year? So, despite even the offense, I'm not sure they're going to be as strong defensively. Yeah, I I thought I I actually had more questions about the defense going into the season than the offense. Now, in training camp, it's been a little rough, and we can maybe get to that in a second. I'll just table the offense for now. We'll focus on the defense. Defensively, I thought they were going to try to do something a little bit different, which is we're going to start using safeties more and like linebackers, like a lot more dime packages. You know, like instead of. You think of nickel and dime and, you know, packages like that, you think extra corners. And I think for the most part, pretty much every NFL defense now is nickel, basically, as a base with three cornerbacks. But I think what you're going to start seeing is, okay, yeah, you do have Devin McCourty, who's not the player he was a couple of years ago, but still a really good free safety. And Adrian Phillips has been a tremendous signing. Uh, He's done a really nice job covering. But then they draft Kyle Duggar. 
uh, from Lenore Ryan two years ago, and he's really played well, but he's kind of more of a in-the-box guy. And I think you could see a situation where you have Duggar and Jabril Peppers, who they signed when he gets healthy, actually coming in into the box and and using their athleticism, but with a little bit more size. So it's kind of like, it is kind of a little more modernization, but it's just me a different look. I'm kind of curious to see how it works, uh, but they've lost a lot. I mean, defensively, I mean, the, the, the fact of the matter is, Jason, is that when Tom Brady left, it was, you know, you, you're sitting there and they were competitive because of Brady and, and Bill, but mm-hmm. the roster was old. I mean, the roster yes. was old. They were, I mean, they were barely holding on. And mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's, if you look back to the early dynasty with, you know, to early 2001 to, I'll say, uh, probably like 2010, you had a really good team. But if you remember, like when they, when the Patriots played the Giants the second time, I mean that defense was horrible. The, the only reason they got to that, the only reason they got to that Super Bowl in the first place was because of Bill and Brady. And mm. I mean, you had Julian Edelman playing cornerback. I mean, they had no business being in that Super Bowl, but they were both in their primes and they elevated. But that whole team needed to be totally flipped, and the roster needed to be flipped. And the reason they were competitive is because they had the grace, the, the best quarterback in the league at the time. So when you yeah. have my my thing is, and this is just my theory, right? If you have a top half of the league quarterback, you have a good chance to be in the mix. Now, if you're a, if you're the number one quarterback, your your roster you have a lot more wiggle room. If you're 16, you need your roster to be a lot better. If you get, if you kind of get what I'm saying, so the closer you are to one, the more wiggle room you have with with uh you know how many holes you have on your roster. But Brady and Bill were so good for so long that it, it they were just kind of waltzing. I mean, we used to call it we called it a double buy for the longest time. It was just schedule the AFC Championship game, just tell them where they're going to be because they're going <laughs> to face the the Texans or you know whoever else whoever else in the first round. You know they're going to get the first round by the divisional yeah. game is going to be a layup. They're going to win thirty eight fourteen, and then they're going to play the Steelers, the Colts, you know whoever else seemed to be good at the time, and then that's why they were going to a Super Bowl basically every other year. So. They, I think the thing about Bill, though, Jason, kind of circling back is I think his core philosophies and how he runs his ship and how he, his leadership and everything, all those things are tremendous. I also think that there's been a lot of brain drain from the rest of the front office and from the coaches around him because they're being poached, which is what's going to happen to all the all the good teams. And if you can't replace them well enough and, it, and you, you lose your quarterback and you go back to a rookie, things are going to start looking a lot more clunky than they were you know, before that. Absolutely right. There's no doubt. And yeah, there's something to be said about Tom Brady, even just being in the locker room and having his presence around there, sure. building team morale. You know, now they're looking at, yes, it's a sophomore quarterback, and I'm sure they do have respect for him, especially what he did last year. And, you know, he put it all out there, Mac Jones, I'm talking about. So, you know, if they can find that same renewed respect for him, then, yeah, because it's not like the, it's not like the Patriots didn't play hard. You know, they played hard. Right. They were just limited in the things that they were able to do. Yeah, That's- and they just weren't that talented. And, you know, you look at like, – with Cam, when when the, when they signed Cam, I was totally against it. It really didn't have anything to do with Cam. He was actually worse than I thought he was going to be. But I just <laughs> thought I wanted them to bottom out. I was like, you know what? It's just time to flip the roster, blow it up, and, and build from a new right. And yeah. they, I think Bill, his stubbornness is he doesn't want to tank. He wants to be competitive. He wants sure. to put himself in there. So they, I mean. Their offense was just, they had nothing. Pea shooter for an offense, a quarterback who couldn't throw more than five yards, at least mm-hmm. accurately. And, uh, you know, and no disrespect to Cam because he was a he was a great player, but he was cooked. And defensively, it was still okay, 
but now the defense has kind of aged out, and now you're in a situation where the offense is a little bit better. They have some talent there. They're really missing. The only thing they're really missing on offense uh, for for Mac Jones to be perfectly surrounded, in my opinion, is that elite number one receiver. They just don't have the Jamar Chase or the Justin Jefferson, but they have right. good receivers. They have good tight ends. They have a good offensive line. They have a great stable of running backs. So he's in a good position there. Of course, now you lose one of the better offensive coordinators in Josh McDaniels. Right. He goes to Las Vegas. Right. And you've got Tweedledee and Tweedledum and, and Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, uh, you know, now kind of kind of doing the, I guess, co-offensive coordinator thing. Mm-hmm. It's a weird situation. I don't know if it's going to 100 percent. I don't know if it's going to be a failure. I don't know if it's going to work, though. And that's what we're going to have to wait and find out anyway. I mean, look, Bill could still make the, you know, the play calls when they had the press conference a couple of days ago. He's like, yeah, we'll see. We're in some progress. We're working on, you know, typical Bill Belichick sort of stuff, obviously. Yep. So yeah, we're going to have to well, wait. That's and see. Been, I mean, I mean, that's been. I, I get why he's annoyed by it. I'm kind of annoyed by it. But the reporters have to ask these questions. That's what sometimes do. fans don't understand. It's yes. like if they, if they don't ask about something, even if the answer seems obvious and Bill shuts them down, guess what? If the reporter doesn't ask the question, the boss is going to be like, why didn't you ask this question? You're not doing your job. Even an, an, an obvious answer like, like uh, you know, uh, like no, or just like something like as simple as just a one word answer or a snort from Bill. At least it's something mm-hmm. they can put in there. They asked the question. He didn't give them the right. answer, but at least he tried. And you uh, never know. You may actually get a rise out of him or something like that. So in that one million chance that you're actually that guy who does get something. Yeah, you have to go for it. You got to go for it. I mean, I mean, there was a there was a there was like a 13 year old kid at training camp about two weeks ago and asked and asked a pretty generic question. And Bill gave like a one word answer. You'd think that if it was like a 13 year old kid, <laughs> yes, he would just be like. Old. Oh God! Yeah. Oh yeah, he would. It was just kind of like the good question, well answered. Um, Bill just didn't really want to entertain it. The only time Bill ever really wants to entertain like really long questions is usually if it's anything historical related. Uh, like yes, he will. Yes. He will. He'll jump right into it. Like if you can ask him, what do you? And you know he's in a good mood. You talk to him about the the sixties and the differences in the kicking game from the sixties to now. I mean, he might. Right. I mean, I, I watched him give a ten minute answer about Johnny Hecker a couple of years ago, the punter. For oh, the, no, for the doubt. no doubt. <laughs> oh, forget about it. Let's, I mean, you mentioned Lawrence Taylor, then he'll sit there for three hours and he'll talk about Lawrence Taylor easily. Yeah. No doubt about it. God, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, offensively, it's going to be interesting. They're bringing Devontae Parker, a longtime you know, rival over there with Miami. He's been having trouble staying on the field. Kendrick Bourne comes from my 49ers last year, who is really an underrated wide receiver. Um, he's Play pretty well. damn good. Yeah, he's good. Jacoby Myers, he got, and, um, you know, Damian Harris. Uh, so, <clears throat> excuse me, he's going to be a starting running back, I'm assuming. But, you know, going with that two tight end set definitely helps a young quarterback and progress through. So, you know, we'll see how they do over there. But a lot of questions now on both sides of the ball. They're not the king of the AFC East anymore. But speaking of the AFC East, as a Patriots fan, well, first, let me tell you that, <laughs> you know, being from New York, I have millions of Jets fans. And even down here in Florida, believe it or not, like coworkers of mine are friends. Jets, Jets, Jets. And they, of course, despise the Patriots more than any other team on the entire planet. Do the Patriots feel the same way about the Jets, or is there another team that you guys hate more? It's funny. You know, I'm sure this will change. I'm sure this will change. But, uh, you know, for a reference point, I'm 32. And so when I was 11, the Patriots won their first Super Bowl. And I really started paying attention. To, I played football when I was a kid, but when you know when you're like nine or ten, you finally really start to understand the game if you pay attention yes. to it enough. And I was glued to it. Like Drew Bledsoe was everything. And then <laughs> when they won theirs, I kind of just waltzed into a, a great you know two decades of of dominance. But yeah. luckily enough, I was able to cover the team that I I, I cared about for so long. And uh, I 
it's hard. This sounds this is gonna sound really bad, Jason. I'm not gonna lie, but oh, I can't wait. <laughs> it's hard to develop hateful feelings towards teams that really are non-competitive for so long. Like it was like Jets and Jets. Really, besides like the Rex Ryan Jets, like that was fun. Like that was, that was good it. stuff. Yeah, uh, you know, but and like there were some up. There were times where. It almost felt it almost felt like for the longest time the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Jets took turns. Like each one, like every couple of years, would be pretty good, but never right. quite good enough. Like right. you know, there was a there was several times where the Bills had pretty good teams and the Jets had pretty good teams, and you know the Dolphins here and there. I mean, the Patriots have had problems winning in Miami even throughout everything. But yes. Yes. you know, honestly, I I I despised the Colts so much for so long, um, and. And you know the Steelers to me another tough rivalry for them. The Ravens those yep. were those were really their biggest rivals because honestly that's what it was. You knew they were going to go four and two or five and one in the division every year, so you were halfway to the playoffs right there. And then they were probably going to be one of the better teams, and it was going to be one of those three teams I talk about that you're going to face in the AFC title game, and that's your difference between getting to a Super Bowl or not. And it sounds like I I, I can hear myself what I'm saying, and it sounds like really cocky and arrogant, but that's what it was. I mean, that's really what it was. For two decades, I mean, no sense. Look, listen, Derek, it makes perfect sense. In order for there to be a real rivalry and a real hate, there has to be, you know, the other team beating you at times. That's why, the, you know, the Yankee uh, Red Sox rivalry. It's like, is it really a rivalry? And then, bam, two thousand four, it all of a sudden became a rivalry again. That was a whole different yeah. story. You know, but I so, do hate, I do hate the Jets and the Dolphins more than the Bills. I think that could change if they keep kicking the crap out of us, like like they did last year. But you know, the Jets change. and the Dolphins always, always dance with them. It's, it's always tough. You know, Bills. I, I actually really respect the way the Bills have put their team together. Uh, I, I, I mean, they're homegrown. Like I said, I mean, you look through some of their drafts. I mean, it, just anyone who's listening, look through the Patriots drafts the last five or six years and look through the bills drafts and mm. look at the difference of players that were come out. That's why to me, Jason, I love the draft. Steve Valsh, Jerry, my co-host and I, we do a lot of time in the off season focusing on the draft because that's your core principle of building a team. If you're going to be a good team for a long time and have sustained, sustained success, you have to draft well. End of the story. And if you look at the early Patriots, the early Patriots, like I said, early 2000s, a lot of homegrown talent. They weren't all bills pick a lot of bills, parcels, a lot of Pete Carroll players, but you know, then Bill really did a nice job keeping the team together, reloading and reshuffling. But he also had Brady, who was, if not one, and the top two or three quarterbacks in the league. So that wiggle room for how many holes you can have in your roster that I was talking about earlier, it, it was just easy for them to hide certain things. And now Absolutely. and now with Brady gone the last couple of years and you get Cam Newton and Mac Jones, well, those holes – they look really, really big, and they're right in your face. And it, they're slow on defense. They don't have a lot of depth. They have no. They had really no offensive skill position uh, to, that was noteworthy um, until last offseason, really, where they kind of spent what is a quarter of a billion dollars to fix all their drafting issues. So right. if you if you look at that, to me, it's all about the draft, and that's why the Bills are where they are, and the Patriots are where they are right now. I, th- I think that's great. That's a that's an excellent point that you bring out. Look at the draft the past you know, four or five, six years, and look at the players that are on the Bills team now, and look at the players that are on the Patriots team, if there are as many as they draft. And we know that Bill Belichick has had his issues drafting, especially wide receivers and trying to get that top-tier talent. Like you said, you guys never have a number one wide receiver. Randy Moss feels like it was about 30 years ago when you guys didn't even draft him. So I, I get it. Perfect example. Okay, so here's a, here's another example. And again, I'm, I'm only kind of bringing this up because I'm using the Patriots as an example, but it really applies to every team. If you look at a draft 
you can get rookie con- contributions, you know, right out of the gate, but you really have to look at a draft two, three years down the road to see how it looks. So let's yes. go back to 2019. The 2019 draft, the only three players left on the 2019 draft from the Patriots are Damian Harris, Jake Bailey, their punter, and Juwan Williams, the cornerback who I don't think is going to make it, you know, much past two weeks from here. So <laughs> you're going to have a punter and a starting running back coming out of that draft. And by the way, I think Damian Harris will be a will, will lead in free agency this year because they've drafted three running backs the last two years. And honestly, Ramondre Stevenson's probably a better overall player. He's they're not going to pay Damian Harris. Unfortunately, he's a good kid and and he's a good player. But he's going to. So you're talking about having just a punter coming out of a draft four years later. I mean, that just is. If you you can't do that, you can't do it. No. And then you look, so if for you to look at, and I mean the general you, I mean the audience for your own teams. If you, that's why I get so worked up about the draft, Jason, because I look at it and say, you stack some good drafts together, and you will see the results down the line. And again, the, the Bills, the the Bengals, perfect example. The Bengals flipped their roster two years with two dra- with two drafts. A lot of that was Joe Burrow. But look at the Bengals draft the last two years, and you're like, wow, they just literally went from worst to close to first with two drafts. Sure. And that doesn't hey. come down to the quarterback, but it is what it is. Hey, look, the reason why the 49ers are so good, despite the you know crappy play of Jimmy G in my eyes, is because they built through the draft and they keep getting all these great players and keep going and going and you know yeah. get a few uh, you know stragglers here and there, free agents and everything. Yeah, it works out pretty good. You mentioned the running backs. Let me get to that real quick. So I'm jumping around a little bit with my questions. Yeah. So that's all right because you mentioned the running backs. How do you think the effect of losing or the retirement, I should say, of James White is going to affect the team? Well. James White. I know he was 30 one. years old, but he was such a such a baller, man. I mean, he did everything for you guys. Oh, just a tremendous player. I mean, the, really, the Patriots going back 20 years uh, have had terrific third down backs: Kevin Falk, Shane Vereen, yes. Uh, yes. and 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 into James White. I mean, Vereen played a huge role in that Seahawks Super Bowl, and that was when James White was a rookie. So we kind of watched that happen. And then the Patriots don't come back against the Falcons without. James White. He had 16 right. targets, 14 catches, over 100 yards, three touchdowns, and a two-point conversion. He never he fumbled once. MVP. I don't know. I don't know how he wasn't the MVP of that the game. Only that reason, there's only one reason, and it was because people remember moments and the and the and the final drive that goes to the quarterback. I get it. James White should have been the MVP that year. Uh, absolutely, should absolutely should have been. Um, <clears throat> and he was a he's a, just a you know he never fumbled once in his entire career. James White. I mean that's just <laughs> amazing. Amazing. You know, unfortunately, I do think the leadership, I know he's not a rah-rah guy, but silent leaders, good workers, uh, uh, you know, will make a difference on the team. He certainly was that. I think that with James, honestly, the biggest thing for him, well, I'm just trying to figure out how to word this. He really hasn't been on the team for two years. And what I mean by that is the first year that Brady was gone and Cam started the quarterback, Right before the week two game in Seattle against the Seahawks, in the pregame report, NBC broke the story that James White's parents had gotten into a car accident that killed his father mm-hmm. and seriously, uh, critically injured his mother. And she almost died, too. Luckily, terrible. she prevailed. It's just terrible. So he was out the rest of that season. Then he plays a couple of games. Then he then he plays a couple of games. Um uh, then he plays a couple of games last year, and then he dislocates his hip. I, I had a I had a hard time believing that he was going to play again this year or really ever again because I heard back in March he had just really started walking. Wow, it was like it was like six months where he was like really not walking at all. Well, then that and, makes a lot more sense. But look that at is- Brady's going back to Brady's last year with the Patriots. 
they won every every single game that James White had 13 touches. They were undefeated, and every single time that he had under 13 touches, they lost every single time. So, <laughs> it's amazing. I love yeah. those stats. I love that. Tells you everything you need to know right there, right? Exactly, yep. Wow, very impressive. I like that. Good job. Good job. Um, all right, so they, like we said, the Patriots made it to the playoffs last year. So can they do it again this year with that mediocre offense we talked about and now that somewhat mediocre defense, Matt Jones leading the way? So two-part question, can they make it back to the playoffs this year with a really tough AFC? And how do you feel about Matt Jones going forward? Because it seems like he's going to be your quarterback unless he really messes up. Or they mess him up, <laughs> but we can get back. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, this, this could be, you know what? You're right. I don't mean to jump in front, but this could be a tough year for him again. Without, like you mentioned, Josh yep. McDaniels not being there and his production and, you know, moving forward as a quarterback. You know, Josh Allen had Brian Dable to, you know, wing him through for those first three years and everything. And, and that was now uh, Matt Jones has lost his guys. So that's tough. Yeah, please take it from there. Okay. Can they make the playoffs? Sure. I guess they could. I don't think they will uh, because I do think the Patriots have gotten better than they were last season but there's just too many teams that got exponentially better. Mm. Okay. Now I don't know what's going to happen in the AFC West. You know, everyone's talking about how great these teams are going to be. And that's true. I also think they're going to beat the crap out of each other. So I'm kind of <laughs> curious. I'm really kind of curious from just a football fan standpoint. Uh, I'm just to watch how that plays out because I could see a situation where, yeah, they're, they all, you know, they're all like 10 and seven because they've had to play each other. And then sure. what happens in the playoffs? Are they just so beat up because they played six incredibly hard games on, on top of all the other tough teams that they're, you know, that they're playing respectively. Hey, you can say the same thing about the AFC North also. So it's a bunch of great teams. that really Absolutely. Just I mean, Bal- yeah. Baltimore, what was Baltimore's record last year? Nine and eight. They lost everybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah everybody. Exactly. Was. Right. I mean, you know, they probably had the best off season out of everybody and they didn't even do one damn thing. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, I mean, think what you want about Deshaun Watson off the field, just as a player. Okay. Him going oh. to the Browns is, is huge for them. I mean, yes. and I don't know what will happen with the sus- suspension or anything, but they just landed an incredibly talented quarterback. And assuming he's on the field, the Browns are better. The Bengals should <laughs> – I, I think the Bengals could take a small step back because that typically happens to people who lose – the teams that lose the Super Bowl. But well, we'll see. I, but the Ravens – the Steelers are really the biggest question mark, and it comes down to quarterback. Now, circling back mm-hmm. to the Patriots to answer your question, because I'm kind of all over the place, but – if you would look at the Patriots, can they win or can they make the postseason? I they they squeaked in last year. I have a really just hard time seeing it this year, um, mm-hmm. and that's I mean that's okay. I mean you can't make it, it. Like I said, they are. I think a lot of New England fans, and I'll say this on my own Patriot show, so I don't care if, if I piss Patriots fans off right now because I'm a, like I said I'm a fan too, but people have just really unrealistic expectations for this team. I mean, I, I do. I, I, I look at eight and nine, nine and eight as a very legitimate option. They have a really, they have a division that's gotten really good. I mean, the jets had a phenomenal draft. They seem to be going in a, you know, the right direction. I'm really happy. Zach Wilson's injury was more minor than first originally thought the dolphins. It's going to come down to Tua and Mike McDaniel and the bills are the bills. They're going to be, they're going to be a good team. And uh, I just think the AFC East has gotten a lot better than what it was before. Uh, And I think there's a lot of question marks on defense. The Patriots are a rebuilding team. That's just a fact. And they've been trying to rebuild the last few years, but it's harder when you want to do it, when Bill wants to do it his way, because he could have put Jarrett Stidham at quarterback in 2020 and, and just saw what they had in the fourth round quarterback, but no, he wanted to compete. So he went out and signed a veteran in Cam Newton. They could have blown the whole thing up and went to the bottom of the draft. They didn't want to do that. So time will tell if that's the right time will tell if that was the right move. I've been, Hashtag play the kids 
for three years now. And <laughs> I, I want to play the young guys. Like I'm, I, I'm happy Donta Hightower hasn't been re-signed by the Patriots. And I love and respect Donta Hightower. I've met him. He's a great guy. He's, a, he's been a tre- tremendous player. He was part of the problem last year. The linebackers in general were part of the problem last year. That's why they got they re- got rid of Kyle Van Noy. They got rid of Jamie Collins. Donta yeah. Hightower's locker is still empty which makes kind of like a little light bulb go off to the Brian yeah. Windhorse, like pointing, like what the hell, you know, what does that mean? Okay. I, I'm wondering if he could be coming back potentially, but I hope it's in a sub role because he's just not as athletic as he used to be. And they've really focused on making that front seven a lot more athletic than it was last year. Cause it was on full display going up to the last game of the season where the Bills smacked him right out at Orchard Park. So, right. I mean, Hey, look, I think they have, they'll be a competitive team. How far the Patriots go will probably come down to Mac Jones. I think he will take a step forward, but will he take that leap forward? And honestly, I have a hard time believing he's going to take that leap. I thought he was, I honestly thought he was going to take a pretty big step forward. But when you lose Josh McDaniels and they're kind of changing their offensive system, their system, I think it's going to change. The terminology is going to get a lot more simple. They're, they've been kind of working on some RPOs and uh, working on like a like a zone blocking scheme and and things like that versus kind of like their gap runs and what they've been and their and their Earhart Perkins offense with timing and everything and option routes for receivers. It's a little bit different from what I understand. I think there'll be some elements of that, but if you're changing the offense and have two guys teaching him a system that's new to everybody and they've never coached offense before, I just wonder how how can you overcome that if you're a second-year quarterback? I, even if Mac is incredibly intelligent, which I think he is, yeah. but if, if, if he was staying in the same system and they had added the same pieces, I'd feel a lot more confident than I do now. I totally get that. It makes a hell of a lot of sense. It's so important having a consistent coach there, especially in your first two, three, even four seasons. It, it makes the world of difference. There's no doubt about it. When you How have many quarterbacks, have you have we seen get ruined because they change offensive coordinators yes, the first two absolutely. or three years? I'm afraid I mean, they're going to ruin Justin Fields' career right now in Chicago because of what I'm, they're going. I'm scared. Of, I'm scared of that too for him. You know, I mean, yeah. I, it's it's tough. And look, I think that with Mac. He'll never be, in my opinion, a top five, maybe not even a top eight quarterback because he just doesn't have the arm talent that he's, some of the top yeah. guys do. He's limited. He's limited. And he, you know what he reminds me of? Derek, what do you think? He, when I watch him play, and again, it's it's only been one year, but there are certain things about him, and this is not a knock, but he reminds me of Alex Smith in a lot of ways where short passes, we're accurate over the middle, we're not going to take too many chances down the field sort of thing. Um just has a lot of that in him. And Alex Smith also was sneaky athletic. And Matt Jones is a little sneaky athletic as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, even Chad Pennington, kind of. I, I, I thought Kirk, Kirk Cousins. I, I, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of guys that you can kind of He's go that way. Mind too. I thought about I, Kirk Cousins also. I think Mac has the ability to throw the ball a lot deeper than he did last year. But the coaching staff was just like, we're not going to. They had the training wheels on, like the clans. Yeah. The I feel like he's have a tool also. I don't want to cut you off, but I feel like doing the same thing with two. Like, oh, I've seen him watching Alabama, you know, throwing 50-yard mm-hmm. bombs all the way all over. Why not now? And I think maybe this year they'll actually open it up. I don't want to veer off track, but I want to talk about the Dolphins, Jets, and Bills with you in a little bit anyway, um, especially when, we, when we're done with the Patriot talk. But, yeah, it's that same sort of concept. It's like, you know what? you got to let it loose a little bit here and there. I mean, I mean the, Mac went from, you know – uh, a Ferrari to a Honda Accord in terms of <laughs> look, look at the receivers that have come out of Alabama in the last few years. Right. Mac, you know that Mac can 
he you can do our you can he can he can run an offense with RPOs. He had 23 touchdowns, zero interceptions off play action passes in at Alabama. That's huge. Okay? He had he had 11.9 yards per attempt, uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, um, at Alabama off of RPO plays. He can, which was which was, if you look at the numbers, very high. So I know he can run the system, but does he have the talent around him? I don't know. Plus, it's a new system for a lot of these guys. So I'm just really wondering how much do all these changes on the offense kind of handicap Mac Jones? Because I again, I don't think he'll ever be a top quarterback in the league. I think he can be a. I think he can be in that eight to fourteen range. Um, I don't even think he's that far away from fourteen now. He's probably closer to like eighteen. But you, I, I think he can get into like that second kind of tier of quarterbacks or third tier, like Alex Smith. Like we'll go off your 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 um, comparison. You could win games with with Alex. You could win games with Alex Smith. Andy Reid was yes. dragging Alex Smith well, everywhere. But you have to have guys around him because. Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, like those guys' arms are just different. So, absolutely. So that's why you have to run a different type of offense with those guys. And again, there's yep. nothing necessarily wrong with that. It's okay. Drew Brees didn't have the biggest arm in the world. He goes down one of the most accurate quarterbacks, best accurate quarterback of all time. So, and going they, off Drew Brees and going off your, your comment about Tua, you can play, like you can win games in the NFL for having a point guard at quarterback. Absolutely. And that's what, that's what Mike McDaniel is going to do with Tua. Yes. Now, you, you don't think yes. he's going to throw the ball a, a ton down the field? He's going to be getting guys in space, and they Thank got you. all these weapons now with a ton of speed, and they're going to be like, all right, Tyreek Hill, here's a screen pass, Jalen Waddle, Chris, you know, quick crossing route, and they're yes. going to take these guys and let them and just let them go for it. And yes. Tua's just going to have to – all he's going to have to do is not screw it up. I've been telling anybody who would listen, you guys don't understand. Mike McDaniel coming in with this offense, Tua, again, people just don't think he's a great quarterback because he's not flashy. Well, he might flash a little bit more this season. Like you said, all these bubble screens they're going to do, they're going to obviously the run game is going to be an emphasis. It's just going to open up single coverage down the field for a guy like Cedric Wilson or even Gasecki 20 yards over the middle. So yeah, I'm with you, man. Too. Yes. I mean, yes. I mean, look, if you're a Dolphins fan, okay, I mean this all with all sincerity. At the end of the season, if you look back and it's and and you feel like the Dolphins underachieved, if it's not Mike McDaniel or Tua's fault, then there's my at. You can tell me I'm wrong, but it's I, it to me it's like there's only two ways that the Dolphins aren't like. I mean, I think they should be a postseason a playoff team. And if I think so if do they I. don't get there and their season is if their season is underwhelming, I think you're going to look at it and say, and eh, the quarterback just couldn't do it," or you're going to say. Hey, Mike, Mike, Mike McDaniel might be a great offensive mind, but there are, I think Matt Patricia's a great defensive mind. He's a smart guy. He can't coach. He can't be a head coach. Some guys you can't be head coaches. So we'll see what happens. Exactly. If it's not one of those two things, Jason, I'll be shocked. I, I, I'm with you 100%. And it would probably be two or more than anything. That's where people are going to lean if the offense isn't blowing up and scoring a whole bunch of points. I agree. But you know what? At the same time, I agree on your previous point. I think that they have an all-star team all over the place and two is a very accurate quarterback and people forget about that. I don't care if it's only 10, 15 yards down the field. As long as he's getting to his receivers, it's going to work out. There's no doubt. So I am absolutely with you on that 100%. So both thinking big things for the Dolphins this year. Um, oh, I'm sorry. It and, and, and also their defense is, is, is fantastic as well. Yeah, getting to Ron Armstead, like, like you just mentioned. Yep. Ah, great all, all over. So. Great secondary. Great. The question's at linebacker a little bit too. but 
But yeah, they're, they're questions in linebacker, but they, they got Xavier and Howard and Byron Jones back there. I mean, they have two great cornerbacks. Uh, Things look pretty darn good for Miami, but uh, they got to play the games, so we will see. We'll see. Yeah, we talked about the coaching staff a little bit. We're not sure exactly what's going on over there. We talked about a lot of their weaknesses right now. What would you say their biggest strength is at the moment? Or what was the? I heard, I'm kind of cut now. Are you still hearing me? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Okay. Um, we talked about a lot of the weaknesses for for the Patriots. What about? What do you think is their biggest strength going into the season? Something they can build off of. The, for the Patriots, I would yeah. say they have the. I feel good about them running the ball. Um, I feel good about that. Now the question will be: I could see a scenario where it takes about four weeks. People are going to be like, oh, the Patriots offense is terrible. And then all of a sudden, week five, you kind of see them get it. Because if they are going to be doing a lot of these outside zone runs, then it will take a little bit because it's tough for the offense. Uh, offensive line is kind of, you know, to, to kind of transition and do that. It's just a different style of blocking. Mm-hmm. Um, I also feel good about um, the guys they have around for Mac to pass to. The question is, if the offensive line, which I think are good on the sur- is good on the surface, I just think that if the offensive line, yeah, you're, running, you're pretty good on the on the left and right tackle. I worry about the interior maybe a little bit with your offensive line. Yeah, I mean, I, it's going to be tough. I mean, they they trade away Shaq Mason and yeah. then they they go after the rookie Cole Strange, uh, left guard and right guard. I think it's going to be Mike and Wenyu, but they might go with someone who's a little bit lighter. Mike and Wenyu's a load; he's three fifty, and he was a great find for them. But if you want to do outside zone runs, you need to have athletic guys. I mean, that, yeah. that's why looking back at, you know, looking back at Cole Strange thing makes a lot of sense. He had a, I think he was a perfect or close to perfect related uh, uh, athletic score, RAS, which a lot of the people, a lot of like draft analysts will look at now as like, you know, how athletic is a guy. And I, I mean, I, I, you need, you need guys who are able to move. And uh, I, I'm, I have some question marks there, Jason. I really do. I think they have some pieces and it wouldn't surprise me if they were a lot better than some of the training camp reports have been. But I think it could be a clunky start. Yeah, and they, you know, they went on. They drafted a whole bunch of offensive linemen. Like you, mentioned, you already mentioned, Cole Strange, which you know makes a lot of sense. They drafted what Chasen Hines, I believe, as well. Round, Andrew Stuber yeah. in, the, in the seventh right. round. Cody Russell, uh, Rusty, I think his name is Cody Rusty that they draft. So yeah, they, like you mentioned, they have problems there, so they're trying to address it. So that's very well said. I I totally agree. Totally agree. All right. Um, yes, we're talking about yeah the strengths, their weaknesses a little bit, but. Let me ask you this, since we know that it's a fantasy football world and we all love our points scored and everything like that, I don't think Mac Jones is going to be getting drafted by too many teams, but is who would you draft for the Patriots of fantasy? Is it Damian Harrison or Montre Stevens and that's it? Or do the tight ends intrigue you? Any fantasy players that would be good for, for the Patriots? Uh, well, I mean, hey, I think that if you're – I think if you're looking for a consistent tight end, Hunter Henry had his, has a good chance of being a good player for you. I don't know where he finished from a fantasy perspective last year, but he had a good solid season, and he is and Mac really likes him in the red zone. Um, right. I receivers are still. It's going to be a little tough to tell early. Jacoby Myers is a good solid player. He caught 83 balls last year. The biggest knock on Jacoby Myers is he's not like a terrific athlete. You know, he he gets open and catches the ball, which. It sounds simple, but that's the first two jobs a receiver needs to do. But if you're going to have a, a super athletic player, he's just not that. So I I think that Myers could be as like if you're a PPR and you need and you need um, you know a receiver late. I could see Myers. Um, I think Damian Harrison and Ramondre Stevenson will both be solid running backs. I was looking last night and they were ranked like RB thirty around RB thirty eight. It's way too low. There'll Ooh. be 
they'll, that they'll, is catalog, yeah. I think I think that's too low for them. They're both they're both super solid. Uh, and the Patriots will run the ball a crap ton this year. So right. um, especially the amount of times they run, you would think they'd be ranked a little bit higher. I agree. Yeah, I mean you, those are safe. Those are safe picks. You know, of course they're not going to be. If if you have Damian Harris as your RB two, you know I don't. I, mean, I think you'd be better off if you if he was kind of like your flex. Um, but he is. Those guys are safer picks. You know when I would, and running backs usually go quick. So I would definitely you know kind of earmark those as two guys that hey, if I can't really find anyone, at least I know what I'm getting. They're gonna run the ball. And Ramondre Stevenson had a phenomenal rookie year. I think he's more yes. talented than Damian Harris in every single aspect of of, of this game. And that and that says a lot because I think Damian Harris is a really solid running back. Yeah, me too. Me too. I mean, look, that running back running back by committee did work last year. Um, it, it, to me, it worked really well. You know, that would yep. be Harris for a series and Stevenson coming for a series. I mean, that would drive fantasy people crazy. But for the Patriots and Bill Belichick, he can give two shits. He just wants to win the game. That's Absolutely. all. That's all there is to it. All right. Um, I want to go over the threat level of each team. We kind of alluded to it a little bit with the Dolphins. Um, but the Jets right now, let's say Zach Wilson does come back healthy. We both see the arrow pointing up, but are they any sort of real contender yet? Or it's probably going to, do you think that they could be, let me, let me phrase it a different way. Do you think the Jets could be a contender in the next couple of years with the draft picks they made and the players they brought in? It's all going to come down. First, the first two most important things is Sala and Wilson, right? If they, if they, both of those, if, if Robert Sala is, uh, you know, turns out to be a good head coach, and I still think it's a little too early to tell. Uh, you know, I, I obviously they'll be in good hands there, and obviously Zach Wilson. I, I still don't understand. I get I get playing Wilson in the preseason game. I don't understand him, you know, rolling out and taking hits uh, like he was. I mean, you got to be like, you know, keep him in the pocket, throw it in the dirt if it's not there. You got to protect your guy. I mean, like, and I just it's a frustrating thing to watch from a football fan perspective because I want Zach Wilson to do well. Um, I really liked him coming out of the draft. Liked him early. Liked him so much. They're he started playing so well that he got way, way to the reach for the Patriots. But that was who I really wanted for the Patriots originally. Interesting. Uh, uh, and um, you, I remember watching a BYU game early in, in that year, and I was like, "This kid's arm is is different." Yeah, um, he's, he's pretty special. Yeah, uh, but man, I mean, look at their draft this this year. Wasn't it? Uh, it was. Um, why am I blanking on the, the receiver from oh, yeah, uh, Garrett uh, Wilson? Garrett, yep, Garrett Wilson, um, John, uh, is it John Johnson? Or, I, uh, Jermaine, Jermaine, Jermaine Johnson, Johnson. Yep, from yep. Florida State, I believe it was. And then Brees um, Hall. Also, yeah, Brees Hall, and they uh, got Sauce so Gardner. Yeah, they, mean, they, those they, are four studs, in my opinion. Those, oh. If those guys don't hit, then um, I'll be I'll be surprised. But yeah. to me, I mean, if they continue to draft well, you'll see the dividends later. But like I said, it's all about it – will, it will take two or three years to kind of go, but – I like what they've put together the last couple of years, but the most two important things are still question marks in my mind, and that's what's going to come down to it for the Jets. No doubt. And again, we're talking about rookie head coaches, sophomore head coaches, Salah going into his second year, 49 a product, just like Mike McDaniel going into his first year with Miami. Yeah, we'll see. There's a lot of question marks over there. And uh, a big question mark, I shouldn't even, maybe not even a question, it's almost like an exclamation point right now is that almost a foregone conclusion that the Buffalo Bills are coming at the AFC. Now, I'll tell you right now, they are my favorites at the moment. I could change my mind. My predictions aren't set yet. But Buffalo pretty much has everything you want. And going back to the AFC East division, we talked about the North. They're going to beat each other up. We talked about the West. They're going to beat each other up. The South, okay, you got the Colts and the Titans duking that a bit, and hopefully Jacksonville makes an appearance. But the AFC East seems like a 
easier path, quote unquote, to where the Bills may get that top seed where other teams are going to have to come in in the cold weather and everything like that. So I think Buffalo is a really good chance of getting that top seed. And with that, again, having teams coming to their own hometown, maybe even being uh, that Super Bowl where they missed the past couple of seasons, two years ago, AFC Championship last year, unbelievable game in the division around against the Chiefs again. So apparently that, that's the team they have to get over the hump with is uh, Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, it's shaping up to be very similar going back to the beginning of our show conversation today, which was Brady and Manning. I mean, could yeah. that be Mahomes and Allen for the next Woo! decade? Wow, I'll take I mean, it. <laughs> hey, I'll, if they're going to put together performances like they did in that was that primetime game at the towards the uh, middle to the end of the season last year, yep. man, fireworks. I mean, obviously, you know, those that's going to be their biggest kind of hurdle. Um, the Bills, to me, are should be the favorite um, or one of the favorites. I would say the Rams obviously should be up in that conversation too, but giving them their credit for what they accomplished last year. But the bills are stacked, just absolutely stacked. Uh, I am, I do think that the bills need to try to run the ball a little bit more and take, take, take a little bit more off Josh Allen. He's a special guy. He's a moose out there. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> I do think they need to run the ball with traditional running backs a little bit more. I'm a little worried about the Brian Dable loss for them. I do think that's significant. I, I think that they have some guys in place there, but it's I, I do think those two factors should not be overlooked. Um, but otherwise, and given obviously injuries are obviously obvious for any team, but you know if they stay healthy, I still think they'll be in the mix. They'll absolutely win the AFC East. I think going away. Um, and, uh, you know, I, if they're not in a top, if they're not in the top four of the AFC at the end of the year, I'd be pretty shocked. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that, you know, I never like to say clear cut, but they should be, or it seems to be at least on paper, there be the clear cut division winners for the AFC East. And, you know, you talk about running the ball and yeah, Devin Singletary had been their guy. hasn't really worked out. They went ahead and drafted James Cook out of Georgia. So maybe they're hoping that this could be works a tremendous keep- fit for them. Could be an absolute yeah. tremendous fit. Um, obviously for people, I'm sure most people know, but Dalvin Cook's brother, James Cook, came out of Georgia. Really nice hands. If he's good in pass pro, that's really the biggest thing. I mean, running back, some some teams don't run it the way Belichick does. But if you're a rookie running back, you usually get redshirted in Bill's system for the Bill Belichick system because he wants, if he needs to be able to uh, trust you in pass protection. And I don't know how, I don't know what Sean McDermott's call will be and what their utilization of James Cook will be. But I think he could be a nice player for them and a great complimentary piece to Josh Allen, being able to run the ball a little bit, catch the ball nicely out of the backfield. Um, and I, I think that he could be a great fit for them. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, really, like we're talking about, like the missing piece, uh, if that's it right there, then watch the hell out, NFL. Be careful. All right, a couple other things before we wrap it up. And again, I can't thank you enough, Derek, for joining me tonight. I'm getting a Patriots education over here, and really, I, I love it. And I'm sure the fans are going to be digging it. I can't wait for them to hear the podcast later and, and get that info right there. So a couple other things. Rank the AFC East quarterbacks for me. We got, of course, your guy in Mac Jones. We got Zach Wilson. We got Tua. And we got Josh Allen. I'm assuming Josh Allen is number one, but I'm looking forward to hearing what you got after that. Yeah, Josh Allen's clear, clear and far away. Uh, I, I probably if look, I think Wilson has more physical talent than Mac Jones um, okay. and Tua. Um, but I think if you're looking at it, Tua and Mac's numbers have been very similar. But I will put Mac Jones too, 
based off of, look, I think Mac proved a lot last year, a little bit more than Wilson. Granted, I think the structures were a little bit different. Sure. Um, again, look at the the Bills, Jets. If it wasn't week one, it was like week two. And you got Zach Wilson running all over the field, running yep. for his life and getting hit outside the pocket by the Patriots. And Mac Wilson standing in the pocket. I know Zach has the legs, but it was just like the coaching staff differences were really eye-opening. Like the Jets and Sala were like, we're going to let this kid go. And, and Bill was like, let's keep the... Uh, Let's keep the uh, speed governor on Mac Jones a little bit more. Um, and I think I think Tua has the chance. I think Tua will put up better numbers, the best numbers besides Josh Allen, just given what he has around him uh, yeah. right now. Um, but I I think I honestly I think I'd go Mac, and then I would probably go. I guess I'll go Tua and Wilson, but okay. it's 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 really I mean. You could if it's Josh Allen one two three four. You tell me any order. I'm not gonna sit here and argue with you. Yeah. But I'll, I'll go. I'll go Josh Allen, Mac Jones. Um, I'll go Tua and then uh, Zach Wilson last. Yeah, it really is kind of splitting here. So I do like Mac Jones again. I don't think that he's gonna be the user. He's not gonna wow you with huge numbers and make these spectacular mm-hmm. throws and so on and so forth. But it's okay. You can win games other ways. There is a way to do it. You know. So I think that he is going to be the Patriots quarterback for a long time. And I think that he will get better. He's an you know, in, intellectual kid. He can use his legs. He'll be smart. I, I like what he's got going on. So it's hard for me. I'm not sure if he's two or three because I'm a little higher on two than others. But I would agree that Zach Wilson right now, even though he may have more athletic ability than all of them, except for Josh Allen, um, I still need to see him put it together on the field as a complete quarterback. So I would and agree. Look, I, I think Mac Jones can throw the ball deep. The difference is that the really good quarterbacks, your Josh Allens, for example, that velocity is the biggest yeah. difference. Yes. Do you, I don't know if, how much you watch of the Patriots-Bills playoff game, but there was a pass. The whole thing. Mac Jones threw the ball deep into the left corner of the end zone, and I think it was Micah Hyde. It was either Micah or Jordan Poyer who made an incredible play across to intercept the ball. That ball, yeah. that ball is a, a touchdown if it has more zip on it. Exactly. It You're right. Exactly. And, You're and right. that's a throw. And that's a throw that the elite quarterbacks can make. It just Mac has to get his velocity better. Now he's been working with uh, Tom house, who is a quarterback's coach. He's lost a lot of that baby fat, put on some muscle. And, but now with the changing system and everything, I'm a little worried about Josh McDaniels not being his ear. I think we'll see a bigger jump next year than we will this year. Cause I think that there are some hurdles that are kind of in the way for him to really improve, but I think he'll build off last year. He really impressed me last year and, and, and going to Tua, Tua has no excuse. I mean, there's just no excuse. He has everything around him. So, I mean, this is a, this is a put up or shut up year for, for Tua. Um, if he doesn't have well, if, if he doesn't do well, they're going to go into the draft, and there's a lot of talented quarterbacks coming out, and they'll go after him. And Zach Wilson, it's still too early to tell. He has the physical talent, but what does he really have around him, and what kind of coaching staff does Sala really have? I think there's a lot of good traits there. But again, you're talking about guys. It's different for coordinators than it is for head coaches. Matt Patricia is a perfect example of that. Joe Judge, a good example of that. He was a, he was an excellent special teams head coach. He was a dumpster fire in New York. I don't need to tell Terrible. you that. Terrible. Terrible. Absolutely right. No. And you know what? Like you said, you, you went back to it a couple of times. Structure is everything. Your organization, you go, there's a reason why Pittsburgh Steelers, no matter who the hell they put out there, they have a winning season every year. It's because they have a great coach and a great organization. That's the yep. way it works. And yeah, to go back to Mac Jones for one last second, by no means am I comparing him to Joe Montana. My point about Joe Montana is that he didn't have the biggest arm. He didn't hurl it down the field all the time with extreme velocity. 
but they won because they had a really good team around them. You give a really good team to Mac Jones, he could do a lot of things with it. So, you know, we'll see how much better they do get around him and what the future does hold because, again, he's a, what, 23-year-old kid? He's got a long time to go. Long yep. time to go. Let's end it with this, my friend, because you have given me everything I needed and more. I really appreciate it. I don't know if you're saving it for fourth and two. Um, if it's a secret, don't give it out yet. But if you want to, what are your predictions for the division? First, fourth. Ooh, okay. Um Man, I'm going to go Bills first, obviously. Do you want records, too? Because I really wasn't ready for that. Uh, oh, no, no, you don't have to. If you want to, throw them out. But no, absolutely not. Uh, I'll be surprised. There's 17 games now, which always screws me up. But uh, I know. I hate that, man. <laughs> it, it really, really pisses me off. It'll be 18 soon. <laughs> enough, you believe it. I, actually have no, I actually have no problem with them going to 18 games. I want every team to have two buys. I think that's important. They can easily oh. do it. Derek, bro, all right, now, all right, way to get. Let's spend even 60 seconds on this if we can. I am with you 100%. If you're going to extend it to 17, even 18 games, whatever it is, you want to make more money, NFL? Go ahead and have two buys also. You're going to get more money. You're going to extend the season out of it, and the players will get more rest, which they deserve. I love that you said that. They had they tried the two-bye week system like way back 25 years ago. I thought it was a great idea. They abandoned it really quickly, but I am with you, Derek. I think that would be a great idea. Great. I think the, the two things that piss me off about what the NFL's done is I hate the seven team and the like. I, I just like the six teams. Like I loved how there's 32 teams and there was only 12 playoff spots. Like that's so much different than the NBA or the NHL where you get yes. the clubs who are coming in at the end. It's like you don't like the Patriots yes. didn't deserve to be in that. Right. In that like you need to You're earn right. it. Yes. You yeah. Need you to. gotta you gotta earn it. Like just cut the crap. Like, it, it should be it, to me. That really just pisses me off. Like. <laughs> I don't really know why it's so like annoying to me, but it, it is. And if you want to go 18, that's fine. But I would say, okay, go to two preseason games. I would do more padded practices. It's going to be tough to do that because of the negotiating thing. But I would do more padded practices because the guys need to be in better physical condition. And you got to be you know, able to coach football. And the only way to do that is in pads. So they need to do right. a little bit more padded practices. I think the joint practices are extremely important. Every they game should have two of those, okay? And two preseason games, 18 games, two buys, and cut down the playoffs down from, from seven to six. Those are my suggestions. I got to tell you, man, great minds think alike. The only thing I'm, I'm going to say, I do disagree with you about the seven teams. I came up with this idea like three, three years ago. I'm like, let's just one team have the buy. You want to make more money, bring an extra team in. So I don't hate that idea. I'm good with that, too. I like that. I like that, too. It's all money. It's money. It's, it's, it's a money thing. But And also to add on to the two bye weeks – because we have Thursday night games, obviously, now for a long time. If you're going to have a Thursday night game, you should have the prior week off. You know, that's another thing. Look, these schedule makers, you can figure it out, guys. They have all offseason to figure this crap out. They do it. They send teams to Mexico, London, freaking Canada, or wherever the hell they're going. They can figure this out. To play from Sunday to Thursday is absolutely ridiculous. Let them have the bye before the Thursday game. Put two bye weeks in there, Derek. I love where your mind is at with that, man. Love yeah, it. absolutely. And I'm good with I, I I'm good with the uh, sorry the buy at the end, like you were talking about the two buys. To me, it's just so physical. The sport is just they're, these guys are bigger, they're stronger, they're faster than they ever have been before. And yeah. I think and don't you I, want your best players there at the end of the year? Don't you want to see the best players in the playoffs? You know, give any, them right. any fan of their respective teams, it's going to be like okay, 
Yeah, it sucks when your team's on a bye. I kind of like when the Patriots are on a bye. I like to have a red zone Sunday. I want to see where yeah. the other teams are going. Okay, yeah. I can get some. I can get some things done. Two buys is not going to hurt you. It's going to actually enhance the product because you're going to spend. The NFL is going to get that extra spending. The TV money is going to be through the roof anyway. You're going to be able to extend the season, and then your better players are going to be healthier. If the NFL really cared about player safety and health, they would do this. But the only thing they care about is the bottom line. Everybody knows that. That some of the biggest frauds outside of DC. Derek, you are my guy, bro. I don't know what took so long to get you on it. This is – I love it. They, re, they say great minds think alike. Bam, bam, right there. I mean, I love it. I love it. Basically, agree with pretty much every single thing you said tonight, and that does not happen often because I love a good debate, but I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Had to agree with you, man. Excellent job. Well, hey, this was an hour very well spent, but before you go, you got to tell the people where they can find you because obviously your content is fantastic. you got to say hi to Steve for me. Just – let everybody know where they can find you and uh, pop it out, man, and especially uh, also your Twitter handle, too. Yeah, so my, people watching, my Twitter handle is right here. It's at Patriots Haven. Um, the podcast that you mentioned uh, is, is affiliated with PatsFans.com, but uh, it's Patriots 4th and 2. Uh, and, it, again, with Steve Alshieri and Russ Golden, we've been doing this for a long time. It's all Patriots, so if you're a Patriot. Right, Russ, too. Oh, my God, I forgot. Russ, you got to say hi to Russ for me also. It's been so, oh, my gosh. Yep. Russ and Steve. Wow. Yep. Oh, and well, no, you're good. And, um, you know, so we've been doing it for a long time. So if you're a Patriots fan listening, please, please come and join us. Uh, we got some great content on and, and yeah, I, it's my pleasure to be on. But to, real quick, I got to answer your question that we got sidetracked off. So we're going Bills first. I'm going Dolphins second. Oh, yeah. I'm going, I'm going Patriots third and I'm going Jets last. I still think the Patriots will have a better season than the Jets. Um, and if the if the Patriots, if the Dolphins don't have a better season than the Patriots, then there's going to be some big changes made and people will be more mad in Miami than they have been for the last two decades. So, Oh yeah, you're right. And they will be going for that quarterback in the first round. They'll probably trade away the picks that the Niners gave me, even though they lost one this year because of their idiot uh, freaking st- oh, God, what another story altogether. Unbelievable. That, that's, a, that, that's a different podcast topic. And I'd love to, I'd love to tear yeah. into that one with you because uh, nothing makes me happier than, than dumping on Dolphins fans. So I know, hey, they were dumping on you with the flake gate and all that crap. So it's now time to give it back. <laughs> Right? I'm going to give it back exactly. to him. Exactly. <laughs> Derek, what a pleasure, man. I can't thank you enough, bro. We're definitely going to do this again. And you got to say hi to the boys. Maybe we can get all four of us on at one time. That'd be great. Yeah, we'll get we'll get you on. We'll absolutely get you on. And I'll come back anytime, man. It was a blast. All right. Awesome. Derek, thank you so much again. At Patriots Haven, make sure you follow him and check out the 4th and 2 podcast, man. Great stuff. Derek, thank you, brother.